The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Hello and welcome along to episode 59 of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. And Ewan Cameron, we are going to the Euros! Yes! Get in! Thank you! Amazing. With two games to spare. Yeah. It's been a piece of piss, really, let's be honest. <laughs> like, it's been so straightforward. It really has been. You know, it's the first time that Scotland have ever qualified with two games to spare. Yeah. Um, we are, what, only the fourth or fifth nation to actually qualify yeah. as well, which is amazing. And we can look forward to the draw on December 2nd. Yes, it's a Saturday, so looking forward to that as well. And I think you were saying we're pretty much guaranteed to be in pot two. Is Already that... confirmed. We will guaranteed... First pot, second pot. Okay, well, first pot's probably going to be quite difficult because I do think Spain are going to go on and win the group now, unfortunately. Because they've got Georgia and Cyprus in the next two I, games. I don't think they're going to drop any points and their goal difference is much better than ours. So, yeah. um, but who cares? We're there, we're going to the Euros and that is just tremendous. It is done and dusted. But more importantly, you and Cameron. Yeah. Episode 59, what does that mean in bingo terms? Episode 59... Let's do 69. Uh, no. No, Ewan. And I'm dreading when we get to 69, to be careful, honest with you. Um, bingo call it is Brighton Line 59. Rubbish. So some mixed sources as to where that actually comes from. Uh, a quote from Oscar Wilde's play, The Importance of Being Earnest, referencing the 59 train, 59 bus from Brighton to Shoreham by Sea. Uh, all original telephone numbers in Brighton started with 59. I don't believe that for a second because I've um, called bingo numbers before yeah. and I don't ever recall Brighton talking line, Brighton. Brighton Line 59. There you go. Yeah, but you're rubbish at this. We do this every week and That's you true. never get it. But so. I have done bingo calling before. Have you? I've you done quite a, a bingo few. caller. When I used to play some silly games in the pub that I worked in many, many years ago in the 1990s, I used to do bingo every night. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But I never just, did Brighton Line 59. But you just made it up, basically. Probably just, just made mm-hmm. it up, aye. Okay, fair enough. Uh, some feedback on last week's episodes, because we had the special with Billy Davis, which went down uh, pretty well. So yes. thank you very much for all the comments we had on that. He's not got the Rangers job. Surprise, surprise. No. He didn't even expect to get it. No. I think what Billy Davis was, was, was doing and why he suddenly decided to come back into the media spotlight is because he's ready to manage a football club again and he thought the best way to get himself in the shot window was to speak to us idiots. Yeah. And I take that as a compliment. Yeah, totally. Do you know what I mean? He could have gone anywhere. He could have gone to the BBC. He could have gone to... He could have gone to Clyde Super Scoreboard. He could have, yeah. But he decided to come to us. But they didn't want them, so they came to us. So that, that's how it worked. Um, so, uh, listen, uh, if you haven't heard that, it, it's actually quite an interesting interview. It is. Um, uh, lots of interesting stuff. So if you want to go back and listen to that, then you can. Stu Wilson says, thoroughly enjoyed the podcast with Billy Davis. Great stuff. Uh, Bob says, good listen this Billy Davis interview. Didn't realise how successful he'd been, actually. Uh, maybe your new manager, you at Hearts. Uh, well, I wanted him at Hearts in 2017. Did you take him now, though? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Chris Scott says, I think becoming a Dolphin is more realistic than Dunfermline ever playing in Europe. Well, as we've already discussed in this show, Dunfermline actually have quite a, quite a decorated European history. Um, yeah, but for before a, you were born. For a small team from, uh, from Fife. But you've um, never experienced it because you weren't born at that time. I've seen Dunfermline play twice in Europe, actually. No, so. that's irrelevant, but you've not seen them well. Well, it's well. a more realistic prospect than Dunfermline played in Europe. I've seen Dunfermline play in Europe twice. So, I think, I mean, I th- I think who's, who's that from? That's from Chris Scott. I think the point that Chris is making is for you to do anything I will of see, significance. 
No, it's not. It says more realistic prospect than Dunfermline playing in Europe. That's not Dunfermline doing really well in Europe. It's just playing in Europe. I've seen Dunfermline play in Europe twice. And you got beat, didn't you, in the first... Was it you only played two games? Irrelevant. You played two games. Did we play in Europe or not? Yes, you did. So, exactly. And where did you go for your second leg? Uh, Sweden. We went for our second leg. Right. So, you've you've experienced it once in your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Twice, because I've seen us play at home against uh, an Icelandic well, but team. But in regards to a European us. run, it's once in your life. Twice. No, it's not, because I'm talking no, about we a run. Qu- no, we qu- no, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying, I think becoming a Dolphin <laughs> is, more reali- is a more realistic prospect than Dunfermline playing in Europe. But Dunfer- I've seen Dunfermline play in right. Europe twice. And can I, can I just go back to the point he's making there about the Dolphin thing, for those of you who missed last week's show. I was asking Stephen and uh, producer John... Would you like to experience what it's like to be a Rangers or a Celtic fan going for a league title or playing in the Champions League or going to a European final? And both of them said no. And I thought that was just daft because everybody wants to experience different things in their life. And I thought maybe one day I would like to experience what it's like to be a dolphin. I mean, we sometimes think about what it's like to be a dolphin, to swim around the ocean and and frolic with other dolphins and jump in and out the ocean. So there's nothing wrong with... RJ Demon says you look a bit like a squirrel, Ewan. I look like a what? A squirrel, apparently. And I look like I'm made out of Play-Doh. <laughs> so, like... I can get see where he's coming from. Yeah, I do. I, quite a good observation from RJ Demon on both of us there. So, uh, thank you very much for all your feedback, as always. Um, so, listen, let's start... No, no, can I, can I, can I tell you a, a, a really scary story? Yes. Okay. Something that happened to me last week. And I kid you not, this is hand on heart true. We're coming up to Halloween, of course. So it is, Halloween. it is the time of year. But I don't care. It's good 90 day with that. This is just something that happened in my life last week. So I was driving home and I had a craving for a Subway sandwich. Now, you know I like a Subway sandwich. You love Subway. I love a Subway sandwich and I'll treat myself every once or twice. So every once, once every couple of weeks or something, I'll treat myself to a Subway sandwich. So I was driving home from doing the breakfast show. And I suddenly had a craving for Subway. And as I was, I was at, at the point where I had the craving, in my head, I'm doing the the, the the mileage and where's the nearest Subway. And I thought, oh, it's too far away to that side. It's far away to that side. It's about 20 miles that way. So I thought, no, what I'll do is I'm going to go to Tesco and I'm going to buy everything that I need to make my favourite Subway sandwich. Okay. Right? So, so like I, a homemade Subway? A homemade Subway. Yeah. I mean, can it be that difficult? No. No. So... I went to, to Tesco, got myself... Well, you say it can't be that difficult. We are dealing with someone who can't cook rice. So there okay. is that, yeah. Do you have to keep bringing that up? Yeah, yeah, it's quite So funny. I go to Tesco and I get my, my basket mm-hmm. and I go around the aisles and I get myself... Um, you go wild in the aisles. I go wild in the aisles. As Dale Winton famously um, said. And when I go to Subway, I just like uh, uh, some salami and some pepperoni on my sandwich, right? So I get some salami, I've got some pepperoni, I've got some green peppers and yellow peppers. I've got cucumber, tomatoes, uh, white onion, sriracha sauce, and four baguettes. Now, these four baguettes that i got were sealed baguettes, and what you do is you bake them at home. Yeah, I know. I know, I know the ones, yeah. They're really good. Yeah. So you bake them for 10 minutes in a preheated oven of 180 degrees. So you, you preheat it for 10 minutes, yeah. then you stick it in for 10, for 10 minutes, so you stick the, um, the baguettes in, and then you heat them for 10 minutes. And I use my Alexa... Speaker as a timer. A timer, that's quite a good thing. Works yeah. brilliantly. Great, yeah. So um, did that, and then while that was baking away, I um, I cleaned my tomatoes, I cleaned my peppers, and, and all. Anyway, that's what I did. 
But right. that, that's not that's not the story, right? What the fuck is the story then? Could you <laughs> could you get to the story, please, before So I get to the checkout, right, with all my stuff, right? I'm really looking forward to getting home to to, to make my baguette with yeah. my, my food. Right, we got we got the baguette, right. yeah. So I'm stood in the queue and there's a woman standing in front of me in the queue who's getting her stuff beeped through. Mm-hmm. Right? She's getting all the stuff put through. And that's fine. I'm just stood there for maybe two to three minutes waiting for all her stuff to put through. It was like 12 bottles of wine. She was clearly preparing for the weekend. Yeah, right. right? Okay, so right. You do eye up what other people have got in front of you because you can kind of tell what kind of people they are, uh-huh. right? And she also had um, you know, the, the tuna stuff that you get with mayonnaise you can put in a roll. Yeah. She had that and she had some fresh rolls as well and she had sure. some wine and some Monster Munch crisps, and she had a Kit Kat. Anyway, that's by the by. But I was stood in the queue, right, waiting mm-hmm. to, to, to get my turn. Yeah. And then she finishes, and then I get to my point in the queue where I'm getting my stuff beeped through. Beep, 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 beep. And I say to the woman at the, the cash desk, um, can I have a bag, please? She hands me a bag, and I get the bag. And as she's beeping stuff through, I'm just putting the stuff into my bag, putting the stuff into my bag. And then it gets to the point where she's putting the last thing through, and she says to me, do you have a Tesco card? A club card, yeah. That thing, the club yeah. card, yeah. And I take the, my wallet, my, my, my pocket, and I go, oh, 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 sorry, I don't have a club card. And she went, oh, that's fine. And as I go to get my debit card to pay for my stuff for my Subway sandwich, she starts humming a song. And the song is, I'm So Tired of Being Alone by Al Green. Go and turn the music off. I'm so tired of being alone. I'm so tired of on my own. Do you know what? I know the song. Great song. Al Green, I'm so tired to be alone. Classic, epic song. She's humming it as I'm getting my debit card out. And I stop and I'm holding my wallet in my left hand and holding my debit card in my right hand. And I'm staring at her as she's humming this tune. And I'm like, why are you humming that tune? She went, eh? I goes, why are you humming that tune? Where did you hear that song about? She went, I don't know. And the reason I asked her the question, when I drove into Tesco to buy my Subway sandwich, I was listening to Al Green. Am I tired of being alone? How scary and creepy is that? How did she know? Why was she humming the tune that I'd been listening to in Tesco? Do you know thing that's creepy? Why, why, why are you looking like that? Because, because that we're, freak- we're, we're 13 minutes in at this podcast and... Uh, that's at least 10 minutes I will never get back in my life. Explain that one to me. Because now... It's, it's called... Do you know what that is? A coincidence. No, no, no. It's more than that. It's more than that. There's something no right there. There's, there was... There, there was I, I, I felt like at that particular moment, like I was in my own version of the Truman Show. There, there was actually... There was a point during that story. I don't know what it was. I think it was when you started listing what was the woman in front, what she was buying where I thought, can this just end now? And then I thought, well, you know, he's built this up, so there's obviously going to be something good at the end right, of it. Okay. And there was right. nothing good at the end of right. it. It was just right. a coincidence. So you, you don't find that creepy? You no. don't find that I, creepy? No, no, I think that's... Out of a- the millions of songs on the planet, why was she humming a song that I was listening to as I drove into Tesco 15 so, minutes earlier? So you're... I mean, it's quite a popular song. No! It's, it's not Al a popular Green. song. Al Green is not a popular song. It's a great song. Right, it's a great song. It's a classic song. A classic song that lots of people wait, like. Wait, but of all the millions of songs on the planet, why was she not humming Calvin Harris? Why was she not humming maybe Louis she, Capaldi? Maybe she likes Al Green. But even she didn't know when I asked her the question, she didn't know why she was humming it. 
Were we connected in some way without knowing it? I wish we were not connected in any way sometimes. And this last 10 minutes has really reinforced that. Producer Chris, who's in for producer John today, do you not find that creepy or is it just me? I dozed off for about the yeah, last 10 minutes. Yeah, it was terrible. Sorry. It really was, yeah. It was really bad. Okay, well, I'm sure those who are listening were were absolutely glued to their seats. Yeah. And and So were... you can give feedback on Ewan's story. Please do on our YouTube channel. Just remember to uh, search for Clyde yep. SSB and you can subscribe for more fascinating and spectacular tales uh-huh. from you and Cameron. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it was a coincidence, mate. It's not. It is. It's not. I well, don't well, want, well, I, well I, what is it then? I don't, if it's not I, coincidence, wait, 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 what is I, it? I don't want your feedback. No, I, 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 I encourage I, it. No, no. I, I no, encourage no, the I feedback. No, I, I encourage, Good or bad, yeah, I, every week we uh-huh. always say we no, like feedback. Yeah, but the, the, kind of, the kind of feedback that I want is somebody to explain to me how that happened. Okay, well, if somebody can explain how that happened, then please, yeah. please do. Because I don't think it could have happened. Secondly, um, if you just want to provide general feedback on that story as well then please do that it's at big football scott and you can leave a comment on youtube as well wow. i can only apologize no 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 you don't need to apologize because it was a fascinating I to talk entertaining about... story you could see that being a premise for a horror movie you could see that being the start of a horror movie somebody just going about their business driving into tesco standing in the queue and then the girl sings a song that you're <sighs> listening to in the car and then that is the trip and the trigger for other things that are going to happen in that person's life. I think but, it's a but great that'll st- happen all the time because people will it's be a, like... It's pe- a great start to a horror movie, that's that, for sure. But that'll happen all the time. Can I just say, I'll copyright that story to me because I'm going to write a horror movie based on that um, situation. Cool. Well, in the meantime, while you get the horror uh, script up and running, we yeah. should probably talk about Scotland qualifying for the Euros. It was officially confirmed last night. It was. Um, after Spain beat Norway eventually. Uh, no thanks to Alvaro Morata, uh, who just kept on being offside all the time. He likes um, being offside, doesn't he? Absolutely. So I wanted to say to all our Spanish listeners, I know we do have a, a few Spanish listeners and those based in Spain as well. So uh, gracias el pueblo de España. Uh, nos habes hecho un gran favor. What does that mean? It means thank you to the people of Spain. You've done us a huge favor. Ole! So, ole! Ole! Well done, Spain. Um, so, but let's be, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, it was confirmed last night, but Scotland did all the hard work by winning their first five matches and that put us in an amazing position where, you know, we if, were pretty much there anyway. Yeah, if, if we're going to be honest, right, as soon as we beat Norway and Oslo, we knew we were going to the Euros because you... And I think thousands of other Scotland fans were straight on to Booking.com. Yeah. Um, I booked my flight as soon as Kenny McLean was stroking that in at the back of the um, net, so, so it was, it was, and, and I think the odds were like something like 98.9% guaranteed qualification after we beat Norway. So it was always going to happen. It was just a matter of when. I would have liked to have, to have happened for us the other night against Spain. I'd like for us to have done it ourselves in the sense that we could have that moment and Unfortunately, UEFA had other plans on <laughs> Thursday night and decided to absolutely rob us of that. Um, but anyway, we will not focus on the negatives. No, we'll no, focus no, no, on the positives. Totally. So Scotland guaranteed to finish in the top two of their Euros group for the first time to, since 2004 when we lost to the Netherlands in a playoff. So we finished second yeah. in that group, um, but obviously didn't qualify. We also finished second uh, for Euro 2000 as well, but then we lost to England That's right. uh, in the playoff as well. So first time since 2004 that we finished in the top two of our European qualifying group. The first time that Scotland have qualified for the Euros via group stage qualifiers since 1996. We finished second to Russia and we won seven out of our ten qualifiers that time as well. Um, We could finish on seven wins out of eight 
which has never been done before. Our closest was that 7 out of 10. If we won 7 out of 8 matches, that would give us an 87.5% win rate from the group, which is incredible. <sighs> that is unreal. We could, we could finish on 21 points from a possible 24. That's never been done before as well. Um, and again, that was in 1996. We got 23 points from a possible 30. Right. So un I... unprecedented times. It's phenomenal when you, when you read that out. Here's a question for you about Scotland and the position we find ourselves in. So we've already qualified. Stevie Clark and the backroom staff can already start planning for next year and the SFA when it comes to where they're going to just, stay. Just before you go on, you and sorry, uh, just before you go on, you mentioned Stevie Clark. I just wanted to, like, obviously, he's done an amazing job. Um, but I just want to remind you of something that you said when Stevie Clark signed a new contract as Scotland manager. I think we've got, got that now, Chris, don't we? I find that quite baffling that you would give him a new deal when he failed to get us to the World Cup. I would be saying, right, we'll wait until after this, this qualifying campaign. We'll wait until the summer. Once we get four or five games out of the way and then make a decision about giving a new contract. He failed at the Euros and he failed to get us at the World Cup. Why are you rewarding failure? That was how I felt at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? I'm going to stick by what I said there. Listen, factually... You are correct. We didn't get to the World Cup. We, we didn't have a Euros. good Euro. No, yeah. we, did. we got to the Euros, but we didn't have a good Euros. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, because I actually listened back to that episode and I listened back and I think a couple of people tweeted us as well. They did. With that clip. Um, and to be fair, like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to dig you up here because you were obviously angry at the time and factually, yeah. you were correct because we didn't qualify for the World Cup and that was annoying and um, we didn't have a great Euros, etc. Um, but I think everybody could kind of see... Yeah, he's, there are improvements here. We're not quite there yet, but there are improvements coming. Now, I didn't see the actual size of the improvements coming, coming this quickly. Absolutely yeah. not. I also listened back to the episode where the draw had just been made for this group. And uh, you weren't as sort of doom-filled as I, I remember you being, actually. You were just like, oh, this is the worst group we could have got. It was the worst group out of the qualification campaign. It was so tough campaign. and all the rest of it. But you didn't say that we weren't going to qualify. I said, I was like, I think we've got enough to finish in the top two. I did say, I think it will go down to the final game against Norway. Thank God it's not. Yes. We can relax a wee bit, which is amazing. But what I would say is, you're very reactionary when it comes to Steve Clark. I think... Uh, uh, History will look back on Steve Clark very fondly. And I think if Steve Clark wasn't here, we'd be in a much worse position. Imagine if we were stuck with a Diddy like Craig Levine <laughs> or George Burley or even Strachan who came out and his excuse for not qualifying for major tournaments was we're not genetically programmed to do it. <laughs> remember that? I know, I remember Guff. that, yeah. You know, so I, I think Steve, I... Stevie Clark has done... A phenomenal job overall as Scotland listen, manager. Listen, it's taken it's taken a while. Yeah, he's built it. But even back then, when he signed his new contract, I even remember thinking to myself, like hands up. I was thinking, you know, this is probably he needs to get it right now. Yes, and he, and he totally has. He has, and the stats and the facts back that up. There's no doubt about it. Stevie Clark, after the pure poor Euros and also not qualifying for the World Cup, has gone on. And done tremendously well. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you just read out the stats there. I mean, that is unbelievable. That will be that. I mean, will will that ever happen again? Possibly not. Do well, you know if, what I mean? As we keep Stevie Clark, probably. Uh, but you, uh, but I think I'm going to defend Gordon Strachan here. He was close. 
I think he was close. I don't think he was as bad as you've kind of made out there. He wasn't I, that far I, away, but it, I know it, what you mean. He wasn't that far away, but you can't stick up for Gordon Strachan whilst, no, 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 while, no. while slagging off no, no, Stevie I, Clark no, no, for no, actually no, no, qualifying. No, no, no. I, I was happy to see Gordon Strachan go when he went. Don't yeah. get me wrong. What I'm saying is I think he was probably closer than some give him credit for. He was closer than Levine and Burley. Yes, true. But Stevie Clark has taken us to that next level. Now, if we're going to be... If we're going to analyse Stevie Clark's reign as Scotland manager, the facts speak for themselves. But also, your Pep Guardiola's of this world, your Jurgen Klopp's of this world, even those managers that win World Cups will say to you, you need to carry a bit of luck along the way. Mm -hmm. And I think that we carried a wee bit of luck. I thought that we were generally poor in Oslo, but it's all about putting the ball in the back of the net. So I think we got a wee bit lucky in, 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 in that particular game, but we won the game and that's all that really matters. I thought the game at Hamden against Spain, I thought Spain were the better side, but I thought our determination, our fight, our aggression... I, I, I totally disagree with that. No, no, we, I, I, no, I, I think we were, we were, no, we were Steve, so comfortable against Spain no, I, no, at what, Hamden. What, yeah, no, what I'm like, saying we played really well that just night. Say, the Norway game, I would agree with you. We, we, deserve, we deserve to win. What I'm saying is we deserve to win the game ultimately against Spain at Hamden. We were aggressive. We were in their faces. We didn't give them time to settle. Yes, the stats will say in that game that Spain had more shots on goal, had more possession, had more dangerous situations than we did. But when we got our chances, we took them and we were very good on the night. So... I think that not only have we been excellent in this group, but we've carried a wee bit of luck as well. And there's nothing wrong with that. You need that if you want to qualify, if you want to get to where you need to be. And here we are at Euros with two games spare. It is a phenomenal achievement. And I actually really fancy our chances next year. I actually think for the first time in Scotland's history, we will get out of the group because you've got first, second and third as well. I think we'll have at least one win in us. You, you don't know where it'll be, but I think, depending on who we get, I think we'll get at least one win, and that'll be enough for us to qualify for the knockout stages of major tournament, and that's going to happen in Germany next year. And this team that Stevie Clark has put together is only going to get better. And the other good thing about Scotland qualifying, and qualifying so early, is that the Scotland players who are in that squad are going to be playing their best football this year because they want to be named in that squad. You've got players who are on the fringes who are yeah. also going to be given their 100% every game to, to catch the eye of Stevie Clark. So all in all, this is brilliant for Scottish football and it's brilliant for the Scotland players all over Scotland and down south. What I noticed as well, there was an interview, I think the BBC did with Kieran Tierney last week. Um, I think it was obviously because they were over in Spain for the Spain game. They popped over to see uh, Kieran Tierney, who's obviously at Sociedad, injured at the moment. Um, but he was. they were talking about the managers that he's played under as their one that sticks out. And he specifically mentioned Stevie Clark um, because he was like, he could have easily just not played me last year because I wasn't playing at Arsenal. Yeah. And I'll always be really grateful to, to him for that. The players love him. Mm -hmm. The players really respect him. And they'd run through a brick wall for him by the looks he's of it. He's cultivated a club side within the international setup, And that's what Gareth Southgate has done. And Gareth Southgate gets criticised for that because he keeps picking the same players over and over and over again, like your Maguires and your Hendersons, etc. But the reason he's done that is because he knows what he's getting with those players and he's cultivated a club side. And I think Stevie Clark has done something similar. Now, we disagreed slightly on Scotland starting a living the other night there. 
I really want to see Ferguson get a chance. And even though Bologna are struggling in Serie A, he's, he's lighting up that league. I mean, Napoli were sniffing around him for 15, 20 million there in the summer. And I know, yeah. and, and that, but again, I understand Stevie Clark that he is he's sticking by the players that have got him to where he is today. But I would rather see Ferguson come on over Armstrong. That's just my personal opinion. That's all it is. Um, but listen, the boys have done the job. We're, we're there. But I think Ferguson is a player that we need to start giving an opportunity to. And I think the question I was going to get to, Stephen, with you is this. Now that we've qualified, and these next two qualifiers that we've got coming up, does he stick with the same 11 or does he put a Ferguson in there? I, I, I agree with you. I'd like to see Ferguson get a wee run out as well. I think he's been quite unlucky. try him now? Quite unlucky. Yeah, I think I would hopefully, I would play him or certainly a half against France or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I forgot about that game, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's tomorrow night, the friendly, and obviously there's nothing riding on that. Yeah, I, I think probably, I think Lewis Ferguson is going to be a really, really important player for Scotland, but probably... After the Euros, because you know, I, I, I think after the Euros, the likes of Kenny McLean, uh, Stuart Armstrong that you mentioned, Ryan Jack, start slipping away. These guys will probably start getting phased out. Yeah, and guys like Ferguson. Yeah, we'll probably see Ben Doak. Uh, I yeah. don't know if he'll be in time for the Euros, but certainly after the Euros, I think Doak will start getting could uh, ben, a bit more time. Could Ben Doak be our Mike Cullen from 1998? It could be, yeah. Because remember, Gilmore was selected for Euro 2020 when really nobody was expecting no. it. And he was man of the match against England. Exactly. So Doak might make an appearance at Euro 2024, 20, but I think um, you're right. He's really loyal to the players who mm-hmm. have been... And I, and I think in turn, that gets the best out of them as well. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't think anyone's sitting, and especially like in the Norway game, I don't think we were sitting thinking, you know what this game needs? Kenny McLean. You know, nobody was thinking no. that. Steve Clark brings him on. And he ends up scoring the winning yeah. goal. Now, obviously, there's a wee bit of luck involved in that as well. Like he's he's not a he's not a mind reader. He can't tell no. what's going to happen. But I think um, I think Stevie Clark should get so much credit for what he's done. I think he's just done a brilliant job. And, just... and, and more importantly, as you said, he's created that sort of club feel mentality in the squad. The players love him as well. I don't want to be over analytical when it came to comes to that Spain game the other night there, and I saw a lot of Scotland fans say this on Twitter. I don't. I think I agree with him in, in a way. Did he make a mistake by not playing Gilmore, someone who can put their foot on the ball and also keep possession and keep it ticking over? I thought. Yeah. I thought we were kind of missing that on Thursday I, night. No, I, I, I agree. thought we played well on Thursday night, and but we did we struggle to keep the ball. Up, but we struggled to keep the ball. Did we miss that player who keeps possession and keeps things ticking over? Possibly. I, I think he was probably just quite happy to surrender possession, to be honest with you, yes. and give Spain the ball anyway. So he was probably thinking, well, I could probably do a wee bit more of a workhorse in there. Um, and, was, that, was, and, that's, and that's why he put McTominay in there and the thing is though like again without getting bogged down in VR and all that guff um, <laughs> you know Scotland, in normal conditions that goal counts and Scotland are Agreed. losing that match and we qualified on Thursday yeah um, and his plan would have worked perfectly Correct. and everyone would have been like but, oh my god but the fact is like Spain were the better team but, deserved but, but, to win but, but, but see Spain do you know what I found really interesting with the Thursday night game and then the game last night as we were saying on the show that we were um, part of on Thursday night, Angus Gunn hasn't really had a save to make. Did you do you remember the Norwegian keeper making a save last night? Spain keep have a lot of possession. Yeah. They're nice to watch, but they don't really do much with the ball. And I know they battered Georgia for seven. I know they battered Cyprus for four. But Norway and Scotland, 
I don't remember the goalkeepers making any significant saves. No. No, not really. No, I, 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 to be honest, I've not been particularly impressed with Spain not at all. Um, I don't think it's... As I mentioned, Marata at the top of the show there, just constantly being offside. Um, I, I, I don't get him. I don't get Marata. I know, yeah. he's, I know he's scored goals and... Uh, but he's had like horrible seasons, certain places and stuff like that. Every time I see him, I'm just like, is that the best that they've got? Javi's and, a player, and, and oh, of course. And they're, 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 they were missing Danny Olmo for those last couple of games, and he's a huge yeah, loss. And listen, I'm not Murata's obviously a good player. You don't get to that level without having something. But I just every time I see him, I'm just like, I'm not sure he's. I know what you mean. He's the player. And then you look at their bench; they must be struggling because they've got Hossalu on the bench. I know <laughs> who, like bizarrely, is on loan from Espanyol, who are in uh, the second division. Uh, on loan at Real Madrid so it's all about mental so anyway um, an another thing do you think maybe look at another goalkeeper for tomorrow night Angus Gunn has obviously done well since he came in or is there any point looking nah. at Liam Kelly or nah. Xander Clark nah. Nah. well I was saying to you at the weekend there Craig Gordon is now back training full time with Hearts and Hearts put a video on Twitter the other day there and Craig Gordon was diving about he was rushing out he was diving at players feet etc etc does he get back in? I think he's done. I think he's done. Is he not part of the squad? Part, maybe part of the squad, but... You, I, do you think he's number one states is gone? Aye, I right. think. So I think, I think it's gone. Is he your keeper going forward? Yeah, I think so. And maybe if Gordon does come back and start playing for Hearts before next year... I think he, there's a chance he'll be in the squad, squad. but I think I think Gunn's the number one goalkeeper. Yeah, I, think, I, 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 th I, I think going forward it makes sense. I agree with you. I think you also don't know what Gordon's going to be like when he comes back as well. I know yeah. it's not like, you know, you know, he's not going to lose any pace or anything like that, but you know... You don't Mindset. know, he's, he's been out for a long yeah. time. So. I, I'd like to think that if Craig Gordon comes back and his heart's number one for at least the second half of the season, that he would be part of Scotland's setup and the squad because someone with that experience yeah. would be great to have in and around the but dressing then room. you'd feel a bit sorry for the likes of Xander Clark or Luke Kelly. So. I wouldn't. You know. No, no. Xander Clark's not good enough and I hate saying that as a Hearts fan he's just not good enough okay so uh, Scotland could still finish first but it would take Spain to drop some points and basically Scotland need to better Spain's uh, final two results we've got yes. two games left Georgia and Norway at home and uh, Spain have got Cyprus or Georgia they need to drop points I can't really see that happening no. to be honest with you um, a big thanks to Scotland's coefficient on Twitter for breaking it all down as well there's been some really good Twitter accounts uh, the Tartan Scarf very good as well if you want to uh, give them a little follow for all the details about Germany and stuff like that as well. Uh, we're not going to talk uh, about VER um, because we will talk about it in just a wee while. Uh, so we'll get to that very shortly. Uh, so that's Scotland kind of wrapped up. We've got a big question coming up about Scotland. Okay. And it's sort of related to what you were saying. So again, we'll get to that a little bit later on. Obviously, the other big news that's happened uh, over the weekend as well, Rangers have a new manager. Philippe Clement is their new manager. So it was between him and Kevin Musk it was down to the final two it sort of dragged on for a wee bit last week uh, but then yesterday morning it was announced so he signed a three and a half year deal until 2027 um, so 38 times capped for the Belgian national team as a player won three successive uh, Belgian Pro League titles with Genk and then on to Club Bruges for a couple as well um, was head coach of Monaco for about 18 months um, you know did well initially but then sort of fell away I think Monaco then, fans don't like him yeah so uh, he said I'm hugely excited about this chance to achieve success at one of Europe's most iconic club, uh, clubs across four competitions and what remains of this season and beyond so he's bringing in his own assistant uh, from Belgium as well and um, you know what do you what do you make of that appointment Ewan Cameron? He's got a bit of pedigree I mean good player in his time 
very successful in Belgium. Didn't go particularly well at, at, at Monaco. The Monaco fans were happy to see the back of him. I think they took, he took them from ninth and they ended up finishing third. So, obviously, in a Champions League place, which was the target, but then it, the following season, the following season wasn't that great. And they had some really poor results and poor performances, and they couldn't see, they were quite happy to see the back of him. I was quite surprised that Rangers were able to attract him, if I'm being honest, because there is a mess there behind the scenes. Not quite sure what's going on. I thought it was going to be Kevin Muscat. The bookies initially had Kevin Muscat as red-hot favourite. Uh, the chat from behind the scenes, and I can say this with quite a bit of confidence because without naming names, there was a split within the board. Um, there were people who wanted Muscat and there was also there were people who wanted Clement. And then there was those who questioned Muscat and whether or not he's ready to come to Rangers and, and, and take on the manager's job. So when Clement then became red-hot favourite with the bookies, I was like, wow, that's not a bad appointment, to be honest. Uh, he did apparently turn down big money offer in Saudi Arabia to come to Rangers. So I think it's a good appointment. Whether I mean, is he going to be a success? Of time will tell. Is he going to be a Paul Le Guin type person? We don't know. So um, his uh, first few fixtures look like this. So obviously at home at Hibs on Saturday, then Sparta Prague away, then Hearts at home on the Sunday, then Dundee away, then it is Hearts in the League Cup semi-final. And then St. Johnston at home. So I think that, you know... They've got, he's got a good run of fixtures, even though he's it's got, Hearts he's and got, Hibs. He's got a good run, even, but it's at Ibrox. It's at Ibrox. Um, you'd expect them to beat Dundee as well, uh, away from home. Um well, if he, if he doesn't beat Dundee away from home, <laughs> there, there are going to be problems. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an absolute expert on him, but, you know, it looks like he's got a pretty decent oh, totally. CV. He's, he's a decent pedigree. Um, I guess, he's I guess a, win, the, he's a winning manager. I guess the only thing, and if you come into Celtic or Rangers, I don't think it's quite the same. No offence to Genk or Club Bruges. No, I agree. You kind of have to win every week. 100%. He yeah. knows that, and he said that. He knows it's a very different beast that he's walking into. I think the job that he's got on his hands is a tough job. Billy Davis sat here last week. He said that he thought the Rangers squad were full of quality players. And I was like, what, Dessers, Lammers? He goes, he's saying, I'm telling you, they're quality players. And now it might be that they've, they've not got the best out of them just yet. And we're only seeing Dessers and Lammers when they're in their Rangers jersey, but I never watched them previously to that. So they're clearly players in there because they've done well. They just haven't really... Turned up for Rangers. Shown it, yeah. yeah. So it's up to Clement to go in there and get the best out of these players. Listen, they can't get any worse. They can only get better. And as Yaz once said, the only way is up. Yep. Right? Plastic population. Plastic population. And I think that, I think three of their next four league games are at home. And while Rangers are playing Hearts and Hibs at Ibrox, Celtic on the flip side are playing Hearts and Hibs at the same time away from home. Mm -hmm. And now this might be the month if Celtic are going to slip up, this is it. Because they've got two tough games and in the middle of that, got Atletico Madrid as well. So Rangers will be looking at them praying that they slip up either at Easter Road or at Tynecastle. And if Rangers were to pick up maximum points in those games and it makes the league title a bit more interesting. I personally don't see Celtic slipping up drastically. They might get a draw possibly at worst against the Hearts or the Hibs, but I don't see them losing both games. I don't see them drawing both games. I think they'll win at least one of those games in Edinburgh. 
So um, got some stats about Clement at his time at Genk. So he lost 14 out of 82 games right. at Genk uh, with a 57% win rate. Uh, lost 25 and 129 at Club Bruges, 55% win rate. And lost nineteen out of seventy six with Monaco, which was a fifty one percent. Was it fourteen? What was it? What was it? Fourteen losses. Fourteen losses out of eighty two with Genk won the league with them. Um, you know, as we, as, you can't read too much into that though, because as we discussed on this show before, Michael Beale has the highest win percentage of any Rangers manager apart from Ali McCoist. Um, so it doesn't always translate into success. No, it doesn't. Um, but, you know, if if you're coming in with 57, 55 and 51% win rates, that's not going to be good enough at Rangers. But, uh, no, oh, 100%. The, the thing about Clement and the other uh, managers that he was up against, he was the best. Out of Eustace, out of Muscat, um, Frank Lampard, all those other names are being thrown into the hat. He is the best one when it comes to um, Scott success. Parker. Still, again, but I'm talking about success and, mm-hmm. and having been there, done it, got the T-shirt. I think he was the best candidate. So Rangers have got the best candidate of all the managers that were involved in the process. So well done to Rangers for getting that one across the line. So he has got the pedigree, but can he make that work at Rangers time will tell. Okay, okay. Elsewhere at the weekend, uh, Scotland's under 21s won 3-1 on Friday night against Hungary in a qualifier. So Kieran Bowie, uh, who plays with Fulham, uh, he scored and you also had Ben Doak getting on the score sheet yeah. as well from the penalty spot. Uh, Max Johnson, who's now at Sturm Graz, was sent off and uh, it's Malta they play tomorrow night. And before we continue, there was some domestic football at the weekend in the form of the SPFL Trust Trophy. And we discovered last week, remember you, that the president of the USA, Mr. Joe Biden, is a huge fan yeah. of Scottish lower league football. So here he is with a review of the SPFL Trust Trophy. Hello, Ewan and Stephen. No league to action this weekend, so it was all about the Trust Trophy, the trophy that everyone wants to win. Rangers even won it once. Anyways, the United are one of for championship sides that have made it to the quarterfinals after they beat those fish-loving lot from Petterhead. Wraith Rovers kept their good form going with a win over Montrose. Morton beat Keldy for one with a Robbie Muirhead at Trick and Arbroath came back to win against Queen of the South. The Falkirk beat their championship opponents Queen's Park to take their unbeaten run to 12 while Hamilton pumped East Kilbride 5 to the Big Derby. I have no idea why Welch team are in this cup but TN has beat East Fife on penalties. What is that all about? Anyway, I can't wait for the next round, but I have to go now before I poop my pants. God bless the Trust Trophy and God bless America. Thank you very much, Mr. President. There he goes. Uh, President Joe Biden there. Uh, great to have him back on the show. Uh, big fan of the lower leagues in Scottish football. So, you know, he's, got, he's obviously got a busy schedule. It's good that he takes time out yeah. to uh, appear on the show. Uh, right, let's move on. And why don't we put something in the bin, shall we? The Big Scottish Football Podcast with Stephen Mill and Ewan Cameron. Somebody tweeted us last week asking what this song is. And I was like, I've not got a clue. Do we know what the name of it is, Producer Chris? I've got absolutely no idea. If you could find out, Chris, that would be amazing. Somebody somebody likes it that much, they want to download it. Shazam it. And, uh, and we can maybe find out. So, do you know what? We did this before. Did I we? just had a flashback when I was on the show. Like, turn the music talking, down, I can't hear you. Hi, turn the music down a wee bit. Talking pre episode 40, you okay. made me do this before. Oh, no, really? no, no, you haven't. 
I swear to God, yeah, you can't remember Shazam things. History. You're at that age. Um, so listen, last week you nominated sponsored stadium names to get in the bin. Yes. I remember that. You said you hated them. Hated them. And a few people uh, commented on this saying, yep, absolutely, get them in the bin. We'll still only call it by the original name, like Dens Park anyway. You also mentioned um, the Emirates and the Etihad. Um, What what were they called before? Um, Highbury. No, that was a different stadium. The Emirates? Oh, no, no, it was Main Road. No, Main Road was... Oh, Emirates. No, the Emirates was Highbury because that's, um, that's, but that's that, Arsenal. But the Emirates wasn't Highbury. Highbury's somewhere else. Oh, no, no. What I'm saying, so, so, so that was a brand new stadium, so what are you going to call it? No, that's fine. If it's a brand new stadium, you can call it the Emirates. Right, But okay. don't call an existing... You can't call you, it... You gave them as an example last week. Yeah, no, and it's a bad example. Right, Sorry. Okay, that's because okay. it's a diff- different... Um, so the history of Highbury's gone because Highbury was in a different location. The Emirates Stadium is fine because it's a brand new stadium so you can name it wherever the fuck you want. Right, okay, that's fine. So, that's But okay. you can't... I don't want Tynecastle being turned into... What? Um, what about Stu Wilson's point? If it gives the clubs much-needed cash, then why not? No actual fan is calling it the Scott Foam Stadium. It's still Dens Park and always will be. If it became the Qatari Airlines Stadium at Tynecastle, we'd still call it Tynecastle. So what's the problem? So you put me on the spot last week... Because I said I didn't want Tynecastle being changed to anything, and you use Qatari Airways as an example. I'm a, I, I am the owner of a condom company, right? I'm the owner, and I want to give Dunfermline twenty million pounds. Yeah. To call you Durex, the Durex Stadium. You taking the twenty million pounds? Absolutely. So you want your stadium named after a condom? A strong defence. <laughs> Everybody would enjoy that. Um, Can you imagine the headlines on that one? Yeah, could you imagine the twenty million pounds in the bank? But you'd happily take that. Yeah, because we'd still call it East End anyway. But officially, when it popped up on Sky the Sports condom. News, <laughs> the condom. <laughs> <laughs> the, the rubber arena yeah the um, rubber arena <laughs> so uh, Ross Johnson says I get uh, why clubs do it it's an easy money maker but get them in the bin uh, Craig says it doesn't really matter fans still call them by their traditional names nobody but broadcasters ever referred to St James's Park as the Sports Direct Arena uh, Chizzy says uh, Seville Stadium is worse than Hamden thoughts on that Ewan he's been to both I was at Seville for the UEFA Cup final in 2003 it's worse than Hamden is that what he said? Come to Chizzy. Chizzy, well, both Seville stadiums. The one that Rangers played in, I'm not the biggest fan of, but the one that Celtic were in, I thoroughly enjoyed that night. Okay. And it, uh, it was easy access as well. It's it was brilliant the, to get where to. Where the Spain game was, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was in too. Miles away for the pitch. No, well... You would have been in the nice, posh media seats. I was, you, in you the middle. I was centre circle. Ah, exactly, you change your mind, uh, change your <laughs> tune there. Uh, Wes Pringle, great name. Uh, suggestion for the bin, players covering their mouths when talking. That's a brilliant suggestion. Does anyone actually give a toss what they're saying to each other? How many lip readers are on the opposite team? <laughs> uh, Dave Byrne says, how about offsides for next week's bin? Makes for a more open game, as they're too often congested in the middle of the park and also saves a lot of controversy and heartache. Um, but so, they, they need to just have a striker standing on the penalty we, spot we've got, game. we've got something for the bin this week and the bin is pretty much filled to the brim this is the final week of the Scottish football bin yes because uh, we're going to give it a wee rest and we'll bring it back later on in the season because we've got something else for next week so uh, the bin needs taken out but there's one more thing we need to put in it but we also we need to find out whether sponsor stadium names yes. are going in the bin can we have a drum roll please producer Chris go there we are. 
With 67.8% of the vote, sponsor stadium names are going right in the Scottish football Yay! bin. Sponsored by Dawson Home Recycling Centre in Glasgow. So thank you very much. Only the fifth highest vote, though. So All right. It's quite close. So it's close. Next week for the Scottish football bin, it's the big one. And it's the reason we've not really spoken about it. And I think it's time that we all just admitted that it's been an absolute disaster for the Scottish football uh, Scottish football bin. Yeah. VAR, should it go in the Scottish football bin? Should we get rid of it? Scrap it? It's a nonsense. It makes the game worse. VAR, is it going in the Scottish football bin? It's the final one that we're doing. And I think that VR should go in the bin. It's shite. <laughs> wow. <sighs> right. I, I, I big football, Scott. I know there'll be a lot of responses to this as well. You can get in touch on YouTube, uh, leave your opinion, give us some reasoning as well. But VR, as it stands, in the bin. Since VAR has been introduced, some of the great moments and some of the best moments in football would not have gone down in history without the intervention of VAR. For example? I'm just like, World Cup finals, that kind of thing, European finals, or teams qualifying. Give me an example. Go, but just goals that, that were deemed to be onside, but then were proved to be offside um, because of VAR. Don't, I don't, I'm not defending VAR, because I'm in your camp, but I'm playing devil's advocate here. I think that VAR is part of the game, but I think what we need to do is to find ways that VAR isn't as influential as it is. And it should only but, be but for black and white situations. You, so wait, you, wait. you can't unring a bell. Like you, the thing is you can't change right, it. Now. Hold, hold on. What, what, what no no you can. You can tweak you can tweak when VAR gets involved when it doesn't no, get No, because then going forward they'd be like, well, in the past that would have been used for VAR. Why are we not using VAR for it now? Well, if you start if you start a, a new season and new Whereas season, if they season, just scrapped it right, completely. Well, hold on a second. If, and it if, was a if, completely if you, if you set the rules. Now what I liked at the World Cup in twenty twenty two was the automated offside. Okay. That they had, and that was definitive. There was no black or white or human intervention. Uh, there was no human interaction where it could be subjective or anything like that. I like that, right? So but, wait, 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 I would have that. If you're going, if you're going to keep VAR, then every single league that has VAR has to have the automated offside technology in place. The Premier League voted on it. I'm talking about the English Premier League voted on it last summer and voted against it. Apparently, they now regret doing that. Because VAR, when it comes to offside this season in England, has been an absolute joke. So many mistakes have been made. So don't be surprised to see in the English Premier League next season automated offside calls where it's done by a computer and there's no argument so, with so it. So you would keep that bit? I would keep that bit. I keep goal line technology. Okay. And that's it. That's right. it. And the rest of it is a referee's call. There's none of it going back. Is that second yellow? Is that a red? Is it no red? The referee on the pitch is his decision and that's it. No 100 million replays. Oh, the referee's made a mistake there. Then you hang the referee out to... Do you know what I mean? So I think that when it comes to offside calls and goal line technology, that's it. Okay. And you would scrap the rest Everything of the year. Everything. When it comes to bad challenges or anything like that, if the referee misses it, the referee misses it. That's it. I wouldn't have it for anything else. 
because offside calls can determine whether you win a cup final or not. And I think okay. that's only fair. I don't, I don't think it's fair that you would win a cup final on a goal that was offside. Okay, that's fine. Right, no, I, listen, I, I probably agree with you, to be perfectly honest with Just you. Just those two things, because they can't, they can't, they can't, they, you, you, there's, 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 there's the problem I have with VAR and the problem I've had with it uh, to a certain degree last night and to um, Thursday night as well. Yeah. It was subjective. Correct. They were offside calls, yeah. but they were subjective. And <laughs> well, let's be honest, the one on Thursday night wasn't an offside call, and then it was an offside call. So it was weird. It was absolutely weird. So um, it was still subjective. If it's still subjective, you may as well just let the referee referee Correct. the game. I agree, that's my point. By the way, see, see if we didn't have VAR on Thursday night and the referee was just refereeing the game. That McTominay goal stands. Of course it does. Because he's refereeing the game. He didn't see anything in that game. He and saw nothing. Do you know what annoys me as but, well about it is when they go and look at it at the screen, they never watch it at full speed. Slow motion. So, and you saw that with the Liverpool sending off. Correct. Uh, the boy was at Curtis Jones. Curtis Jones. He gets sent off now. If you slow any tackle down, 100%. it looks horrendous. Yeah. Yep. And it was probably like it, I thought he got the I thought it was a yellow card. I know that's slightly different. He got the ball, but he went over the top of the ball. But it wasn't. You it wasn't watched that goal by McTominay on Thursday night from all the angles. That keeper is getting nowhere near that. He knows it as well. The keeper knows it. The keeper it. knows it. Yeah. You see the uh, bunchy defenders, and uh, I think it's Maratta actually who's in front of him. They get, he's not seen anything anyway. No, Maratta's right? blocking his view. If you watch that at full speed, no chance. Correct. No chance. And I think I, I honestly I think. It's more hassle than it's worth. Agreed. I, I think I would probably go a wee bit further than you. I would just keep goal line technology and then everything else is but, as but, you, but do you But do you want to win or lose a cup final in an offside, with an offside goal? Did, Celt, did Rangers not lose a, a, an off, a, 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 a cup final to... A, was it, who, was it, who was the German lad? That 2019, that was the League Cup final. Yeah. It was Christopher uh, Julian. Yeah, but that's, that's not a way to win a, a cup. You don't want to win Actually, it like Celtic that. Celtic fans do not care. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But and and I'm, sure, I'm sure over the years, Rangers have had many offside decisions and, as well. And there's been World Cups. Oh, there's loads yeah. over the years. So, so I, listen, I, But do you not like it, the idea of the... It's 100% offside, it's 100% across, but, but across it's, the goal it's, line. As we've seen in the last couple of days in the last couple of matches involving Spain, even if it is an offside decision, they still make it subjective. Like, that's the reason why you had to go across to the monitor, because it was still, the referee had to decide whether Henry was impeding. Last night, they had to decide whether the Norwegian defender had intentionally, intentionally or, played or, it yeah. or deliberately played it or had it un under control. Yeah. So there's always going to be grey areas. So that's why I think with offside, just leave the assistant referee to do it. And then if he gets it wrong, he gets it wrong. Yeah, that's really annoying, but I'd honestly much rather Human that error. Than this. You. That's just human error. I get Whereas you. this is pish. And, by, and, and, and play, even, even the one last night, right? And we were arguing about it on text and all the rest of it. And yeah, I think, you know... Technically. Te no, totally. I, I do think the wording of the law, and I can't be asked talking about this, but it was like, did the Norwegian player deliberately play it? Well, of course he deliberately played it because he went for the ball. But it's whether he deliberately... Intentionally. Inte yeah. And I was like, well... He didn't intentionally play it to Morata because that would be fucking stupid. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I know. But, but this is what I mean. So, Aye. but even the fact that we're talking about this, I know it's it's shite, it's guff, it dominates everything. Ange Postecoglou said after the Liverpool game, after all the controversy surrounding that game and the VAR issues, he said, and I agree with him. And he's one of the first managers to have said it publicly. He wants rid of VAR, 
even though his team totally. benefited from the VAR decision but going It's out. rubbish. He wants rid of it. Like, see, see even and he's last, right. when Spain scored the, their actual goal last night, and then they farted about for ages to work out whether five they were minutes. Five minutes it took. And but as soon as they scored, I didn't even I didn't even like cheer or anything like that because I was like, oh, but they have to check I know, it. And I know. It's just it, it's it's rubbish. Get it so far in the bin. That is my opinion. What what needs to happen? You need one of the big leagues, whether it be Syria, whether it be La Liga, or whether it be the Premier League, to put the, to say at the end of the season we're scrapping VAR. And he's one of those big leagues to take the lead on at this. Big football, Scott. That is where you vote for that. We'll reveal the answers next week, and then we'll finally take out the Scottish football bin. We have another wee game that we're going to play uh, from next week on. Right? Uh, should we call Jose? I think let's. let's oh, call Jose. Cool, yes. Let's call Jose. Let's Jose, chat. Jose, Jose, Jose. Dad's Jay says you need to Oh here he's, he's phoning Let's hope he answers He didn't pick up last week No, it was a bit late last week No, we were a bit earlier this week Come on Jose, don't let us down Two weeks in a row He might be on holiday maybe because the kids are off He could be on holiday I don't, go and put the phone down I think he's on holiday Because the kids are off school aren't they? Chinky's falling out with us. No, nah. the kids are off school. They've been off school for the last two weeks. Ah, but Jose's not at school. Hi, it's Jose. No, but his I'm kids are at school. Right now. No. Leave me a message. Right, leave a quick message. Can't take your call right now. Just leave your message after the tone. When you're done, press hash or just hang up. Jose Katongo, it's Ewan and Stephen here from the Big Scottish Football Podcast. That's uh, the second time. You've um, blanked us. In a row, yeah. Yeah. No, listen, he's busy. He's a busy um, and we, we think it's because it's the October break and the kids are, are off school. Might be working. Then. Might be working. Or you could be on holiday or you're, you're, you're with the kids and you're spending some quality family time with them. Yeah. And the last thing you might be doing is speaking to us two arseholes about what you did at the weekend. So um, hope you're having a lovely October break and we'll speak to you next week. You got anything to say, Stephen? Bye, Jose. Speak to you next week, hopefully, pal. Love Cheers. you, mate. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. And there he goes. So there we are. Um, I'm going to phone. Daz J says you need to do more for Jose. When you Google Jose Katongo, the first picture that comes up is of David Turnbull. It is. <laughs> so please check. Like I'm just going to double I'm check it. it. As well. I'm, I'm just going to do it. Jose Katongo. Let's see if it is Jose. Oh no! I get. I get. I get Jose Katongo. Hold on. I get. I get. I very much get Jose Katongo. So I don't know. But that guy sent us a screen grab of David Turnbull. Maybe he's got a weird algorithm on his phone. We don't know what Daz J has been Googling. Maybe, maybe he loves David Turnbull. Daz J, um, clear your history, mate. Okay. Um, hold on, just, I'm just checking. Oh, hold on, Jose. Is it QU? David Turnbull is the ninth picture if you do it on Google Images. So we don't know why that is, to be honest with you. Uh, Katongo. Jose Katongo. How long are you taking to spell Jose Katongo? It's yeah, also there, written it's written down in front there of you. There you go. Look, on my Google, it's yeah, a picture. It's, it's, it's Jose Katongo, yeah. It's Jose Katongo. So we don't know, Daz. It must just be your phone and what you've been Googling, sort of yeah. David Turnbull, sort of related cosplay or something like that. <laughs> uh, right, uh, question time. We have a big question for you every single week. And last week's big question. What team out with your big rivals do you dislike the most? Hello to the Celtic fans who say, easy one, hearts. <laughs> That's from Willie Ennis. Funky Pat, hearts. hearts. Um, Jason Robb says, Manchester United. Jerry Taylor, friend of the show. 
It says Arsenal and it's not even their fault. It's because Piers Morgan supports them. Same reason with Hearts and you. Uh, Rangers fans who got in touch. Bernie Doherty says Aberdeen. Uh, Crikey G. Delco Transport. Uh, for Falk's sake, I'll say Aberdeen. I hate them even more than Celtic. One Aberdeen? Yes. Wow. Uh, Simon McQueenie says the Edinburgh Celtic, Hibs. Uh, that guy called Ross and Alan Douglas both say, uh, both say Slavia Prague. Uh, Derek FM, who's a Rangers and Liverpool fan, who says, not a Scottish team, but for absolutely no reason, I hate Leicester since the late 90s. I've no idea why, but when they won the league, I was furious. <laughs> uh, Chris Scott says, Crystal Palace, just a pointless club. Everything about them is weird. <laughs> uh, William, uh, 2502, out with Scotland, Barcelona. Absolutely detest them. Uh, Mr. D. He says Kemlin Juniors. Oh, Kemlin, Kemlin Juniors. Yeah. Uh, Shite train station. Uh, producer Chris says Kemlin uh, Railway Station on the Edinburgh Dunblane and Cumbernauld Line. Direct train services run to Glasgow, Edinburgh, and Dunblane. So it's probably quite a good place to you know stay uh-huh. if you're a commuter. Yeah. You know. Uh, elsewhere, Billy. Uh, whose profile picture is a dog in a Rangers jersey he hates Hearts and Hibs I work near them Aberdeen used to work there St Johnston worked in Perth Livingston worked there and Kilmarnock a shite pitch <laughs> a lot of hatred uh, for Billy uh, Airdrie you- fans say Falkirk the most entitled fans outside the old firm that's according to Mark Russell uh, Xander says definitely Falkirk listening to their fans shout about how they're too big for League 1 for long enough even though they've gotten very comfortable there and don't seem to want to leave um, elsewhere we've got Jim Gardner who's a Falkirk fan who says hearts all the way don't know uh-huh. uh, Jimmy the Cowdenbeath fan says Dunfermline uh, Alan Taylor the Dundee fan says Celtic Shoecastle United Hearts and Newcastle fan Glasgow F and Celtic uh, Craig16LJ who's a St Johnson fan says Livingston by a mill and RG Demon who's already been mentioned on this is a Morton and Chelsea fan and said since I can't say the rivals St Mirren in Scotland absolutely Falkirk horrible club and horrible fans and have weird delusions of being bigger than they are in England Arsenal have surpassed Spurs for me Arteta's a clown <laughs> And their fans are insufferable, just like Falkirk. Um, so, <laughs> next big question. See, 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 before you ask that next big question, I like the fact that somebody chose Leicester but doesn't know why. Yeah, sort of irrational hatred. I, do you have any of those clubs in your head, whether it be England or Italy or Spain? or mm. Do you know a club that I don't like and I do not know why is Villarreal? <laughs> why? I don't like Villarreal. I do not like them. I don't know why. Again, a bit like the Leicester one. That's as soon as you read out, I just remembered Villarreal. I've, I just don't like Villarreal. They beat, they beat Celtic the year after Seville put Rangers out the Champions League in the last sixteen. It as might well. have something to do with that. I went to Villarreal when Celtic See, beat them. I quite like. Yeah, when Villarreal beat Celtic, I've got fond memories of Villarreal because anyone who's a football manager uh, player would have signed Juan Roman Raquelme. At one stage, who was phenomenal. I used, to, I used to buy him all the time when I was playing Championship Manager. I only had like pace four or something but like that. He was a great passer. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah. So um, I, I think Villarreal are sort of fairy tale no. story, they're not. Like, I, I they, think like it's a tiny wee town in they, Spain and they've been to like they, Champions League semi finals, they've won the Europa League, beat Man United a couple of years ago. I think it was at Martin O'Neill. I remember going to Villarreal to see Celtic play them. And I, did Villarreal win 1 0 that night or something? Mm, Can't remember. I don't know. But. I just didn't like it. I didn't like the stadium. Oh, the yellow submarines and all that bullshit. I just, I just <laughs> wasn't having any of it. It's a bit harsh. I just, I just don't like them. I don't know why. Just maybe because I, I fuck knows. I don't know. I don't yeah. like them. Okay. Is that, do you know another club I don't like from Spain? Celta Vigo. Don't like Celta they Vigo played, either. They played. They played Celtic, Celtic as well, the and they beat. Cup. I think they beat Celtic two one. Um, in Vigo, I was there that day. I think John Hartson scored in that game. No, uh, yeah, did he? I, I, I think he know. did. Anyway. 
Next big question for next week. Since Scotland have qualified for the Euros, I hate Burnley. What are Scotland's realistic expectations for Euro 2024? So we're playing a wee bit hypothetical here. Yeah. What are the realistic expectations for Scotland at Euro 2024? So obviously we don't know who's going to be in Scotland's group. um, Or what side of the group or anything like that. What players are going to be available, who will be injured and stuff like that as well. But what we can look at is how we've done in the... Um, and you've written something down there, and I'll get to in just three seconds. So remember, it's 24 teams, split into six groups of four. Top two will go through, plus four best third-place teams. Um, so we've got eight possible outcomes for Scotland. Um, finish last in the group, knocked out. Finish third in the group, knocked out. Finish third or second in the group, qualify. Win the group and qualify. Win in the round of 16. Win in the quarterfinal, win in the semifinal, win in the final. So we will stick a wee poll up, yep. give your reasoning as well. And you and Cameron, what have you gone for? It's at Big Football Scott on Twitter, by the way. I've just written down quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. We will it. get to the quarterfinals because we're going to be in pot one or pot two for the draw, which is going to be decent for us. I think that we will get out of that in first or second place, which will then give us a half decent draw for the quarter for the round of 16 it might be a team that finishes third who knows and mm-hmm. if we do that then I think we've got a great chance against the quarterfinals and then when you get to the quarterfinals you're looking at playing some of the, the top seeded teams in the competition but depending on who that is you never know we might get to a semi-final and I know that's like pie in the, <laughs> pie in the sky stuff but I think as it stands right now in European football and the way that we play and we're tough to play against it's knockout football as it's well. It's knockout football, which I think will suit us. I think quarterfinals is a minimum for me. Minimum. Minimum. So if we don't get to the quarterfinals, it's been a failure. Clark even it. if we get, even if we get, Clark the, it. right? Okay, <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, right, at Big Football Scott, um, you can leave your thoughts and your comments, and you can vote for whatever you fancy there and we'll reveal the answers next week right let's do it then it is time for the shootout everyone and the score is currently 8-2 to me I won last week you did win last week and you actually got a a clean sweep 5 out of 5 5 out of 5 I mean my last question thanks for all the support by the way all your support shut up like who who did him sign Johan from doesn't matter it was St Gallen I knew that. No, you didn't know that. I'm just going to go and get a pen, producer Chris. But you can I'll tell us. You the, here. You can tell us the rules and all the rest. Of it. Right, yeah. right, you're at that side. That's fine. You got enough uh, pens? Uh, no, yeah. No, he's going to get a pen. There's, pe- there's pens across there. I just need a pen for writing down. Right. Thank you very much. Nice catch. Very good catch. I'm glad you caught that on camera. Thank you very much for watching on YouTube. And remember, you can subscribe in all your podcast places. And remember, leave us a big fat juicy five stars if you fancy it as well. Right, producer Chris is on the questions this week. And what have you got lined up? Well, do you not? You flip the coin far. I don't have a coin. Yeah. There's a 20p on the desk and see it's just behind your monitor. It's just behind my monitor. Yeah, other side. Other side. Oh, there it is. There. There. Oh, aye. Right. 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 Flip, flip it on the floor. Right. I'm going to go heads. You calling? I'm heads. Yes. Heads it is. I'm going to go first. You in to go first. Right. I'm excited for this. Go on. Here we go. It's a bit loud, that. There we go. Right, Ewan, yeah. qu- question number one. Uh-huh. Name the only side which Thierry Henry played with on loan. 
I listened to an interview with Terry Henry on another podcast, the one that Gary Lineker does last week, so I know the answer to this question. I remember watching a Terry Henry interview with Gary Neville, you know, when he's sitting on the sofa? Yeah. And they watch the telly and they look at some of his best moments. Gary Neville's soccer box, I believe it's called. I don't know why I've got one of the Milan teams Very in intense head. man, Thierry Henry. Yes. That's what, that's what I've taken from that interview. Very and intense. And a very dry sense of humour. Mm. He does that thing with his lip. Mm. You know that thing? Aye. When he pretends to laugh. Yeah. Like that. Uh, why have I got Monaco? I don't know. Did, did Arsene Wenger not sign him from Monaco? You can't why, just, why, why, take, you can't just take ages on these questions. Right. Um, go and read them with the question again, mate. Question number one. Name the only side which Thierry Henry played with on loan. I'm going to go... This is my answer. I think Arsene Wenger signed him from Monaco to Arsenal. I think he might have gone on loan to AC Milan. And that's my answer. And Marshall has saved! Shit. Yes! I think, Chris... Obviously, I don't get any points for this. The answer is Arsenal, is it not? Four appearances and one goal on loan from New York Red Bulls. Well done, Steve. Back to Arsenal. Yeah, once he, he went left. back to Arsenal. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Did he really? It was yeah. purely because he scored the... against Leeds, I think, in a cup game. I seem to remember. He came on. So when he left Arsenal, he, he came back. He went to Barcelona. And ah, then I know went... the Barcelona thing. And, and then, then he went, went to New to York. New York, and then when their season was sort of finished, yes. he came back on loan. Exactly. Did he? Wow. Yeah. Right. Jeez. Okay. Right, Steven. Okay. Question one, well, I'm just going to say question two. Uh, how many total points do Scottish Premiership teams have in group stage European football so far this season? Uh, Aberdeen have... Well, up to this point? Yeah, up to this point. Okay, crazy. Aberdeen have one, Rangers oh. have three, Jesus. Celtic have zero, so the answer is four. Choose to go first. He definitely goes on a bit there. Um, yeah, correct. Well done. No, of course he's correct because it's a fucking easy question, you prick. You in? I'm now just going to give you warning for the rest of the quiz. It's on you from this point if you want any top bin questions, just to avoid any doubt after Stephen's whinge last week. Right. Okay. okay. So we need to come in and say we want the top bin. Yes. Right. You're not going to prompt us. Nope. Okay, that's fine. If that's the rules, that's the rules. Okay. Stephen, there's also a tiebreaker should we need it. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. know that. Yeah. Hurry up. We probably won't need it because Yoon's already behind. So. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, when did Terry Henry? When did he last week? When he went alone? And then Stephen uh, gives the points total for the teams <laughs> that are in Europe. I mean, you go decided on. to go first. It doesn't matter. Move on. Well, it does matter. Yoon, question yeah. number three. No, it's second. question two for me. Don't mix me up. It's two. Question right. two for you in which team has more combined number of caps from Thursday's starting 11 was it Spain or was it Scotland giving them 50-50 questions now Jesus Christ is that 50-50 for you later on right Oh, well, actually, no, because there's a lot of young boys maybe, in there maybe a 50-50 shut up just let me think it's not difficult it's a 50-50 you'd be yeah, as well just saying one Stephen. of them it's a 50-50 you don't, Rodri, you're not going to count them. Roger Morata have got a lot of caps. I'm just I'm thinking about the players. that They've got a lot of young players in that team. Got a lot of experience in that team as well, though, Spain. Shh, Laporte, Rodri, Morata. That spine that team's got a lot of caps. A lot of experience. Carvajal's oh, full back. Caps. He'll hate 100. Simon, not that many because 
No, well, it's you, between De Gea and him who were playing recently. De Gea has not been playing. I know he hasn't, but De Gea had been playing. He even played against Scotland at De Gea. Tons of caps, I think. Um, who was on the wings the other uh, night there? Yeah, Javi in there. Pedro. Like Pedro, Pedro, Pedro yeah. but he wasn't playing the other night. Uh, Are you saying about the starting 11 or the squad? The question was starting 11, yeah. Scotland. Spain have 328. Scotland have 353. Get in! He's equalised. Well done. Well one, done. one. Right, so, uh, next question. Stephen, this is your question number two. Who did Rangers beat at Hamden to win the Scottish Challenge Cup? Oh, it gosh. was Peter Head. <sighs> so I mean, just answer the questions quickly. We can all move on. Ewan. Yeah. Your question three. Yeah, go on. Easy one. Hart's name was influenced by a book called The Heart of Mid-Lothian. Who wrote it? <laughs> That's your team, right? You're a Hearts fan. You know that. Are you taking the pass? Ewan, you're a Hearts fan. You should know this. Do you know everything about fucking Dunfermline? No, you don't. A lot of it. If I go and Google fucking Dunfermline and find a question, you'll know the answer to it. Probably. See, when someone turns up at Mastermind, their specialist subject is like Ghostbusters. Yeah. They still get questions wrong, even though it's their specialist subject. Yeah. Right. I, I thought you would know this, because everybody knows this. This is a really, really straightforward I, question. You know it? I? Who wrote the book Heart of Midlothian? That hearts are named after. Think about it. Read the question again. Hearts' name was influenced by a book called The Heart of Midlothian, but who wrote it? Do you want me to rule some people out? No, don't be ruling anybody out for me. It's not Roll Dal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not J.K. Rowling. She right. was more sort of Harry Potter. Yeah, okay. It's Norvin Welsh because he's a Hibs fan, eh? He's a Hibs fan, yeah. Um, <sighs> it's not Ian Rankin. He's also a, a Hibs fan as well. Yeah. It's not Val McDermott. Yeah. She's a Wraith Rovers fan. Yeah. It's not yeah, right, Stephen. Okay. John Logie Baird, because yeah. he didn't write books, he no. just invented television. And it's no Rabbi Burns, is it? Because he just did poems. I, and that was way before Hearts were Hearts, even, yeah. even around. I'm, I'm going to say John Robertson. John Robertson. <laughs> and Marshall has saved! Yes! It was Sir Walter Scott. I was going to say, you would have been as well going for like somebody like that, yeah, oh tube. God. So it is. Like, you know, there's right, okay. quite quite a lot of famous yes, authors more. from Edinburgh. Yeah, okay. And distinguished people. <sighs> so, what is it? That's me. I've got three. I've only got one. You've got two points. So yeah. And yours so is your third. This, this is for me to go 3 1 up. Yeah. Question number three to Stephen. You sport Dunfermline Athletic, but Dunfermline FC started in 1874, 11 years before Dunfermline Athletic. What colours? Did Dunfermline FC play in? Uh, I think it was red and black. And Marshall has saved! Yes! I 
Was it purple and green? What's interesting is you know that there's that website. It's got all the old strip colours. Yeah. It's not listed on that, but according to two sources, to make sure I wasn't wrong, yeah. they played in blue and white hoops. Okay, I would never have got that. Brilliant. Get in. Up you. <laughs> to, to be fair, that's asking me a question about a team that I don't support. Ah, no, do you know so, what? That's true. That's like, very that's, true. That's something like you. Like Chris actually asked a question about the team that you support. Right, okay. I asked. That was a team that I've had nothing to do with. Up you. Two one. Let's go to question four. Question four. Ewan. Uh huh. Movie round. Oh, I love my movies. Which former footballer played the juggernaut in X Men: The Last Stand? You do love your movies. So I don't like that Marvel shite and that X-Men shite. I'm not a big fan of that stuff. Right. X, which, which was it? X-Men Last Stand. So that's the last movie then, obviously. X-Men Last Stand. An ex-footballer played Juggernaut. Is it Vinnie Jones? No, it's not Vinnie Jones, is it? He wouldn't have been in an X-Men movie. He did Lockstock, which he was brilliant in. He didn't do... Ex-football. So what ex-footballers have gone into movies? The only one I can think is Vinnie Jones. Are we talking like a British footballer here? Yes. Yo, it's obviously. Shut up. How's, how's it obviously a British football player? Could it be an American football player? Is it Vinnie Jones? Or a football player from America? Is it Vinnie Jones in Juggernaut? Is it Vinnie Jones? Final uh, answer? No, shut up! Let me just think of other footballers that could have gone into acting. It's the only one I can think of. I'm going to go Vinnie Jones, mate. Stephen Pearson. <laughs> Get in! Vinnie Jones it is. Really? He played Juggernaut in an X-Men movie. Yeah, it's weird. There's been other films since and he's never been back. <laughs> I'm no surprised. Anyway, there you go. So 2-2 two, two after four questions. It's your fourth question, Stephen. Stephen, mm -hmm. you always get a bit screwed on this because he's got his movies. So it's a music round. The original version of Three Lions first went to number one in the UK in June and July 1996. But in what year did it hit number one again? Was it 2016, 2018 or 2021? Can I just chuck in a wee caveat here? Um, we're not talking about Three Lions 98. That went to number one in 1998. So what were the three, questions, the three options? 2016, 2018 or 2021? Uh, I'll go straight in with 2018 because I was working at a radio station at the time that insisted on playing it during the day and we had to go absolutely mental all the time to stop them playing it. So I'll go 2018 because that's when they got to the semi-final. Three, two, we want question to go. So you need to Very get good. this, you in, or... Go top bin You to could go, go top bin and you could really put the pressure on me. I'm going to go top bin. Oh, I'm going to go top bin to go 4-2 ahead on the fifth question. Can I just ask you, do you want top bin number one or top bin number two? Uh, top bin number two, please. Let's just go 4-3 up to on the fifth question. Mm -hmm. Go. Easy one. How many British sides did Billy Davies play for in his career? You talked quite a bit about that last week, didn't we? You should know this. You were best pals with Billy Davies last week. <laughs> You and Billy were best buds. They've invited us to lunch, by the way. Yeah. We're going next Wednesday for lunch with them. Yeah. I got 3-2 to you and... Uh, no, no it's 3-2 three three to me. Th Sorry, 3-2 to Stephen, yeah. British sides? Yep. That's teams that play in either Scotland, England, Wales, or Northern Ireland. 
just to clarify. I should probably say UK sites. Don't know if you can say Britain anymore. I think Britain's just the big island. I think you're technically correct, Chris. Either or. Ewan's composing his love letter to Billy Davis. <laughs> Dear Billy, it's been a week since we last spoke. <laughs> oh, Billy, why are you so silly? British sides, UK sides. I'm going to. I think. Uh, when I'm chilly. Show me your working. I think of you, Billy. That's how they do it on Millionaire. Because he went to Motherwell when he was 30 something. So, how many clubs were in between that? Because <laughs> he became manager of Motherwell when he was 33. He started his career with Rangers and he was there for what, three or so. This is going to be years. such an anti climax when you get this wrong because that means I've just won. Shut up. So you actually need to get this. I know that. For the sake Stephen. of the game and the sake of the podcast, you need to get this. Dear Billy. Um, blah, 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 blah. So he's fixed. he started his career with Rangers at the age of 16 in the late 70s. His career ended as a player at Motherwell at the age of 33. So that's two clubs. So how many other clubs were there in between? So I am going to say that there are probably two other clubs in between, or was there three? So it's between, it's between four and five of the answer. That's what I think. So I think it's one of those two, because Rangers start, Motherwell end. So what happened in the middle? Was it just one club? I'm not so sure that it would have been one club. I'm guessing, are we talking about loans? Are we talking like clubs that he was there forever? Well, he wasn't at any club forever. But you know that, what I mean? He but he, he, he's saying, was he, were you talking about clubs that he was on loan with or anything like that? I can't give you any more clues, Ewan, I'm sorry. I think it's four or five. Am I, near, am, I, am I close with that? <laughs> so, Didn't Rain play anywhere on loan. Right, Rangers, Motherwell, so how many clubs in between? Was it two or was it three? That's where my... But how many of them were just British clubs? Doesn't matter, but he's... he's, he's, well, he's well, no, but he, did he not play abroad? He did play abroad. Yeah, so that's... You need to answer how many questions. How yeah, many? I know, but that's why I think it could be four, or it might just be three. Or right, it could you've be used five. a you've used a full millionaire tension extended bed. Come on now, that's three and a half minutes. There are people who are listening to us who are also trying to work it out. Okay, I'm going to go for three. Hang on, four or five. <laughs> Right, he's an answer. Four. I'm going with four. Final answer. Final answer. And Marshall has saved! Yes! You've lost, Ian. The working was sound, but you just didn't say the right answer. Was it five? It's five. Fuck's sake. Rangers, Motherwell, St Mirren, Leicester, and Dunfermline. Dunfermline Athletic. We talked about... St Mirren and we talked about Dunfermline last week yeah turn the tension bed off it's done my head hang on do you do the last question no well we could do it for a laugh because I've won anyway I've, I could I've, compound I've, the misery I didn't write this for nothing uh, Stephen fifth yeah. question yeah I don't care but ask me before Spain who were the last team to beat Scotland in a World Cup or European qualifier uh, God knows was it uh, um, let me think 
don't know, it was in like 11 games we'd won in a row or something like that. Uh, so I'd go for... Who was in our World Cup group? Is it Ukraine? And Marshall has saved! And you Ukraine know the, wasn't a qualifier, it was a you, So who was it? It was Denmark. You know, oh, yeah. the beauty of that, Chris, that final question is that I don't care because I've won already. <laughs> That's, so that is true. I need the Champions League team. You know what's happened. I've won again. It's 9-2 in the quiz and Ewan's got his wee bag out because he's packing up and he's going home to think again. Despite the fact that it's been a glorious day Celebrating Scotland, qualifying for the Euros. Ewan is going home greeting faced as Shut per up. usual because he didn't know how many teams his best pal Billy Davis plays for. <laughs> uh-huh. Dear Billy, I've uh-huh. been very silly. Okay, there we are. Right, okay, we've got uh, the returning league action this week. Uh, we've got the Scottish Championship Friday night, full card in the Premiership over the weekend as well. Hearts v Celtic, the game on Sunday. And thank you very much for listening to episode 59, the Brighton Line of the Big Scottish Football Podcast. A huge thank you to all for listening or watching on YouTube as well. Thank you very much. You can see us on YouTube by searching for the Big Scottish Football Podcast. Clyde One SSB as well. Make sure you subscribe so you see all the content from the guys at Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're back in the Big Saturday Football Show. Yes, everywhere else on Saturday as well remember to subscribe and give us a big fat juicy five stars as well and that means you won't miss an episode thank you very much in advance keep an eye on our socials for if Scottish football uh, getting in the bin that is VAR this week and get your thoughts in for question time as well we've got a brand new game next week and we're, we're away to brush up on our German uh, Avida Sain bye bye, bye. Avida Sain <laughs>